0: Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live
1: ninety five. Now, renowned Limerick leader journalist Norma Prendiville retired last month after an amazing thirty one years with the newspaper. As the leader's correspondent for the West Limerick area, she was a key player in the media industry here in Limerick, and she joins us now. Good morning to you, Norma. Congratulations on the retirement.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not sure um, yeah, people say congratulations I am pleased Dax is very tired but it seems funny to be congratulated for it but anyway I suppose I got to the end of that particular road anyway well, <laughs> so maybe, maybe I should be congratulated for that yeah.
1: For more than three decades of covering the Limerick Beast that is some achievement
0: Um. Yeah, I suppose it's becoming, uh, um, it it would have been the norm, I suppose, um in the last century, you know, that people would have stayed with a paper, the newspaper or a media outlet for, you know, for most of a working life. But, uh, yeah, it's probably gotten, it's probably kind of unusual at this stage. Yeah, it's a long time, yeah.
1: Can you tell us about how you started off there? Um, well, actually,
0: I didn't start out in journalism at all. I I, um, I started out in library, doing library work, actually, and then I kind of uh, moved a bit into doing some research and also then uh, some freelance writing in Dublin, freelance journalism in Dublin. Uh, but what I found then was that... Um, Really, if, if if I were to get a job, rather, it didn't suit me to be constantly ringing up people to kind of try and pitch a story. And so I kind of thought I'd better go off and get a bit of training. So I went to uh, Galway and I did a journalism course there. And I did uh, um, some work experience with the different Leader. And then when that was over, uh, I got a phone call one weekend saying come back, I was down in West Cork actually at the time and uh, I was told come back, you have a job on Monday morning and that's how it happened. <laughs> so I've been in for, for the job, Gillian.
1: Right. So can you give us an idea of some of the stories that you worked on? So, Ones that actually are close to your heart over those 30 years.
0: Um... Well, I suppose the, the, the stories as they affect people and the, the people and how they are affected by them, you know, some of those stories I wouldn't make fun pages, uh, but they they would be, um, to me, they, they, they affected me. Um, uh, I wasn't long in West Limerick when the whole um, animal and human health issue in mesquiton broke. And of course, uh, some elements of that are still continuing over 30 years later. Uh, that was probably one of the biggest stories uh, across the country at the time, and for many years, and certainly for the most of the 90s, it was a big issue um, um, in 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 uh, Limerick. Um, uh, then there were, but I, um, other stories. I suppose that I kind of would, you know, clutch at you. Or you know, Tom. The story about Tom Wall and the Glin Industrial School. That whole, um, and the whole story of the industrial schools and the Ryan Report and Tom's own story would have been uh, something that um, I always admired Tom's ability to be able to say what he needed to say. He was so, he's always been so articulate about his own experience and he's uh, a, a lovely man, um, uh, despite his uh, his harsh treatment in, in the industrial school. Um, then there are small, what you might say, I remember one of the first stories I covered in my swimwaves the um, post office, of course, it's a story that has been repeated and repeated across Limerick and across the country since. But the post office in Carrick was closing down. And I, I said that I'd come up with, and I, I, it was astonishing, actually. It was a small shop come uh, Post Office, and the owners at the time used to bring people home after the post office. Uh, with their shopping and so on but there must have been at least 30 people older pensioners who were lined up all around shopping out the door because they wanted to say to say their bit about how they opposed to the closing down of their post office which which was like a weekly something they went to every week it was a social occasion they met people, uh, they got their groceries, they got a lift home Sometimes they nipped in to the pub next door for a pint, but it was the These were men and women like who had come through the thirties and the forties, the hard times really in, in in Ireland. And I just I remember I actually spoke to everybody in the line because I felt if they had come all this way to say their bit, then I I they I owed it to them to hear what they had to say, you know. And that's really. Struck home. I think that really struck a chord with me about how how you you know the, about how journalism really is about people's lives. It's not it's not always about the big stories. It's about people's lives and how how the wider issues actually the effect it has, the impact it makes on people's lives in the smaller places
1: as well. Yeah, I, it's amazing, and I. I... I suppose over those thirty years, you must have seen a huge amount of change in West Limerick.
0: Yes, I, I was thinking about that, and uh, I, I suppose, like for example, well, like, that particular Carrickcary story kind of points to a lot of the changes. Because at that time, there was a shop, post office, and three pubs in uh, in Carrickcary. Now there's one, uh, and every town and village um in, in in so many villages now have been left without a shop a lot of them have been uh, left without a pub and half an lot of them have been left without a post office and of course the banks are going now and that has been, that's been one of the biggest changes i think that kind of hollowing out of local life at community level but of course there's against that then. We've seen a huge regrowth, I think, and redevelopment of community. Um, a lot of it came uh, through, you know, uh, people in the communities themselves. A lot of it was helped along as well by uh, West Limerick resources and what the, was the help that was available through them. And so you've seen, as well, huge improvements say, in, like, uh, facilities in local areas. A lot of very good halls. Um, gyms, you know, walking trails, playing pitches, um and very interesting things now like the top kill up in Ashford or, you know, the Eco Park down in Mahina, um, the town park in, in in um in Abbeyfield, all all uh, all done by local people, all all uh, you know, working to, to improve their community, um and if you like to take taking a stand against that uh, the, the hollowing out of community, which was going on for a while. I suppose one of the other huge changes has been the increase in diversity. You know, um, it was all, um, we were all white Irish, if you like, uh, you know, 30 years ago. And now one in four, one in five people in Newcastle West and have we feel in Mackey, a lot of people are from different national backgrounds. All Irish now, all integrated into the community to a greater or lesser extent. But that diversity has been a huge change as well uh, in in the last yeah. twenty years, in particular. Yeah,
1: yeah. And you, the things that you talk of there, remind me of like how rich the West Limerick area is in in volunteerism. Um, and yes. Yourself included, you have always done extra, gone above and beyond what you did for the Limerick Leader in terms of um, both your involvement in the arts community and the NUJ as well. I mean, because that—that's a volunteer side to the job. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I I suppose some of it is, uh, you know, uh, well, when you live in West Limerick, it's kind of uh, it's hard not to hear the call um uh, sometimes actually, and I feel I think this is true i, I think people uh, m- most people will say yes if they're asked uh but but not enough people are just asked to lend and or to get involved, not necessarily always at you know officer level in an in an organization, but most people are willing to lend and they do then think if we asked more um, but yeah, West Limerick has a very strong on um, well, uh, volunteerism, and then you know, I was thinking as well since since I came to live here like one of the things that has re-emerged actually in a very strong way has been uh, a whole load of new um, uh, drama groups, like drama groups were huge in the 40s, 50s and 60s I believe, but they kind of went, they kind of ebbed a bit and we've seen a whole new huge group in that
1: yeah, and great performances put on. You're breaking up there a bit, Norma. Can you? Sorry. yeah, 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 Sorry. yeah. What I wanted to ask you as well was about the changes. You talked about the changes in West Limerick, but the changes oh. in journalism. I mean, journalism is a very different job now to when you first entered it? Um,
0: it is actually, it's very funny. I was just saying to somebody the other day when I arrived in the Limerick Leader straight from from my journalism course I was able to, uh, we had been trained in what was known as, uh, in Quark, which was an online editing um, programme at the time and in the Limerick Leader uh, had what used to call the Stephen Price uh, computers, you'd only see three lines of type. And then when you run out, it it was all in this huge cassette. Now, in about, by 1992, we had all the latest technology. But uh, for a while, when I came to West Limerick, I used to be pushing floppy disks on the bus into Limerick before the internet. People can't. <laughs> and I used to go to the top of the road and flag down the busman. But anyway, and wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, <the>, and <laughs> you take the disc into to the Limerick Leader offices in O'Connell Street. Uh, no, somebody collected from the from.
0: It didn't. That didn't uh, go on for terribly long, but it, mm. it definitely did. Um, so yes, uh, so technology has made uh, made a huge difference, and of course. The, the whole idea of the 24-7 news cycle now means that, you know, uh, I suppose, uh, uh, it has changed the story of people. The it it stories tend to be more out of the moment, uh, more fleeting, um, uh, shorter, shorter, requiring maybe a shorter attention span too sometimes, God knows. Um um, but I, I, I think there's still a, a place for good old fashioned uh, journalism, the kind of reporting about uh, life as it is lived in in Ireland, um, and, and in particular in in in, in Limerick. Um, so I think local papers uh, still have a very important, you know, local media have still uh, uh, hugely. It's their role has changed a bit as well. But it's still it's still very very important uh, that the that the kind of society and communities that we live in are reflected through through the media through local media.
1: Yeah, it's it's a problem though that you know when it comes to truth, truth in journalism is often behind a paywall, and there's all this disinformation for free
0: well there there's a big story i suppose behind that in that uh, so many of the um so many of the media organizations um when internet uh, really uh, started catching on were giving away material for free then found it very difficult to make money and um, because it's something like 80% of advertising is now online and so that leaves uh, that leaves uh, newspapers and uh, local radio stations, uh, or you know, with a much smaller pool from which to get um, a- advertising, and of course, advertising the paying paying foreign newspaper uh, is it wouldn't be enough. Um, but the paywalls, well, I think we I think, we're, I think we're in, in Ireland the, the numbers are increasing. Apparently, I saw figures recently. And the numbers of people who are prepared to sign up and, and pay for, for their news is on the increase, uh, sign- quite, uh, on quite a big jump here in Ireland. But uh, the truth, well, the truth doesn't depend on money. The truth it depends on money insofar as resources. You need resources to be able to track mm-hmm. down the truth. Uh, and I suppose... That is the big. Uh, that is the big conundrum for far media, um, um, and the, the hold of the the big tech companies is is a bit frightening if you were to think about it. To be honest, and mm. the, the the ease with which misinformation um, can be disseminated is is a bit scary. But I suppose the only antidote to that is is that we all. Everybody from very early on, we uh, you know, we need to learn to be discerning, and uh, um, and 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 learn to know how how to to read the media as we we you know, uh, because I I I I'd be I I would have certain criticisms actually myself of some of the the the. Some of what is happening in media now, and uh, so I think it's always best to take a critical stand um you know not not to downplay it, but to, to be critical in order to improve it and not to let um, not to le- not to let the weeds go if you like
1: mm. F- finally, Norma, have you any plans for your retirement? <laughs> we talking about weeds, I have a lot of them in my garden that though Tell me yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, i am busy uh doing reading yes i have i i i, I have there are all of this vague at the moment i'd like to um i 'd like to travel around a bit i 'd like to visit places in ireland um i 'd like to read more i think, and um I certainly have uh a couple of projects in the garden that that I'm going to tackle this summer. But I think from my own point of view, I have no single one big project at the moment. Uh, I think I'll just uh, see what emerges over the next 6 to 12 months, I think. Anybody who has retired seems to think that that's probably the best way to go about it. But I certainly won't be um, I won't be I'll be busy.
1: No No doubt you will be. Well, look, uh, it's been lovely chatting to you this morning and I'm delighted to have the opportunity myself to thank you personally because I know starting out... It's very daunting for anybody who's new to the game, but you were always very welcoming, very friendly and very helpful. And that really meant an awful lot to me personally. And I know many other journalists around Limerick would say the same. And for the work that you put in uh, in the NUJ as well, supporting your colleagues in various different organisations. Norma Prendival, thank you for joining us on Limerick Today this morning. Thank you, Julian. Your views, your
0: news, your limerick today with Joe Nash on Live 95.